Hey everyone, and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about fleeing dogs, a lot of liquor, and the easiest way to escape hell itself, maternity leave. I'm Beth Alderkin, I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? Amazing. Uh, unfortunately, I believe that Snow White does reside in the United States, so that maternity leave from hell will only last arguably as much as maybe two weeks. So she's just <laughs> two weeks, maybe six if she's working somewhere nice. Yes, that's true. Well, guys, we are talking about season five, episode 18, Ruby Slippers. Uh, this is the the LGBTQ plus episode we were all waiting for. And we we're all, you know, and it delivered. Delivered. Like, it was all end of podcast. earned. It was earned. Mm-hmm. Everything about this was was written correctly and done well and definitely not an afterthought. Amazing. Oh, speaking of that, it actually is kind of an afterthought for Ruby's character. Uh, because I saw an interview with uh, the actor who played Dr. Whale. And yeah. apparently they were originally going to set up a love story with them so i saw just i have not vetted this i'm just gonna put it out there but it was interesting when i saw it and the girl was like really into uh the wizard of oz so maybe it's true but apparently one of the original versions of the script of wizard of oz like the the original movie was that dorothy had a thing with the scarecrow which is why she says i'll miss you most of all um, which is confusing and strange. Uh, but yeah, so like apparently they're, this is just characters that have weird romances that were shuffled aside. For uh, this other... For another I mean, confusing thing. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about an episode that is pretty... I'm not going to use the word controversial because I don't think that's apropos no, here. No, 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 no. Um, I think it's... It has an has a lasting impact, but not in a good way. Like I, as we talk about the episode, which is uh, Ruby's love story. With, oh, am I? Uh, can you not see me or hear me? Oh, you came back. Okay, cool. It started doing the little beep boop, beep boop, beep boop oh, thing. Oh no! <laughs> I, you just cut off at a certain point, and I went, I lost her, and then you just started talking again. I apologize. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. If we'll keep it right in. And then hopefully we'll have some. I put a note because I probably just started muttering to myself at a certain point. So. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're going to, you know, we're going to talk about this episode. The There are some things I think it does well. In particular, I think Megan Ori brings a lot to her portrayal in this episode that I think, for example, Terry Reeves as Dorothy does not bring. Like, she like Megan is carrying this episode on her giant cloaked shoulders. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And so I don't, you know, I want to make sure we're giving props where props is due. And, you know, in 2016, this was a big deal to have a, a gay love story, you know, involving a protagonist of a, a, you know, a network show especially like a network fantasy show nowadays 2023 we know we don't we don't blink twice as we shouldn't (laughs) guys i'm still coming down from bill and frank okay i this 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 was just pales in comparison (laughs) yeah but i think it's okay for us to look at it through a through the lens of perspective and through the lens of experience it's been 
eight years since this episode came out, which is mind boggling to me. And in those eight years, we've seen a lot of changes in representation uh, with the LGBTQ plus community. And uh, this does not hit. No, it does not like, you know, this isn't this isn't something that people are going to look back at as a positive representation for over the test, you know, lasting the tests of time, if that makes no. sense. And honestly, when when this show gets accused of queer baiting, it's for moments like this, mm-hmm. because this is when that kind that kind of media, not that it doesn't exist anymore, but it was a, v- a very big heyday in the 2010s because we were just dancing around the idea of being able to do things like this and just be super, super cash about it, which I think is what they should have done from the beginning. Like they hyped this episode. I remember us being very excited for this episode. They hyped this episode up and it was going to be a whole thing and we all got really excited and then it was kind of like, uh, and it was like, oh. And then, of course, because it wasn't as solid, because that's the other problem. When you start doing stuff like, I'm not, again, I'm not saying this is trailblazing, but you really got to come out swinging. You got to do it right. Yeah. And this felt shoved together, um, very literally felt like a teenage boy writing <laughs> kiss and then they kiss. Um, Which is literally how the episode ends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's just Henry up in his net. room, Henry doing Mills, God knows what. <laughs> Henry Mills, uh, sla- Henry Mills underscore Boston writer, uh, upload to fanfiction.net. Um, yeah, this just felt it was a little unearned, and I did see someone point out. I was reading some of the like. Uh, some of the comments from the actual episode, because it's the greatest thing about reviewing a TV show that came out recently. You have real-time stuff that's saved in the internet archives, and yet people people were a little salty about it at the same time. Someone even pointing out that the reason that this pairing, they assumed, was done was because neither of these two women were Disney princesses. So, yeah, you can't do... Like, people are mad about Mulan not getting her justice for Mulan, but... Mulan was a Disney princess, so they couldn't be they couldn't be trailblazing with her, which is very ironic considering who Mulan is as a person. Yeah, they just turn her into like a wingman in the for end. For everyone. Oh, for everyone. She's a wingman for everyone. <laughs> like she's the she's the maid of honor at everyone's wedding. So uh this episode was directed by uh, Eric LaSalle and it was written by Andrew Shambliss and Bill Wolkoff. Uh, one note, all men writing this episode. Just gotta love a, a good two men writing a, a, a women love story. Amazing. That said, I do, I do want to make a note that Bill Wolkoff, cause I knew I recognized the name. He is the executive producer of Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts, which was on Netflix. And that had really great LGBTQ plus representation. One of the main characters was gay and actually comes out in the show. Mm-hmm. And it was very well done. And there's characters of all different representation. And so this writer can do it. And he was probably working within the confines of, yeah, yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. the time and the show and the network. But I do want to give Bill a little bit. I've talked to him before. I've done interviews with him. He's a very nice guy. And I he's done better. So... Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, props where props do. I, j- yeah, this. I won't be salty about it for the rest of the episode, but yeah, it just did. With what they had, I guess it's fine. And I, I for some reason thought they didn't even show the kiss. I thought they like cheated it, 
but oh, no, yeah. they fully they showed it. Yeah, they hug. Well, no, like like the kiss happens, but like at an angle where like not really, um, so that they could because this episode had the exact thing that happens even with ep- like TV shows now. The moms against gay people. I don't know what the the group is called. Like it's like the moms that are like the mad. No, that's drunk drivers. What is it? There's some like moms against everything, and they are always busy writing letters about everything. And I remember they like came out before this episode was released and then just it died. Cause that's just what they do. They find out that gay people exist and they write letters. Ugh. Yeah. It's the, it's the million moms, but there are by no means 1 million of them. There's like 14. It's 12. Yeah. It's 14 of them and their hands have to be cramping like that. They have to be writing letters constantly. If the ladies who tavern came across the million moms, Oh, throwing so many drinks in their faces. Oh, listen, I feel like if the ladies who tavern were going to bare knuckle box anybody in their like <laughs> midday mimosa haze, it's the million moms it's and the they would moms. solo them. I mean, like, do, should we go help them? Nah, they got it. <laughs> They're fine. They're and, then they, and then they drink for free for the rest of the week. Well, let's go ahead and let's talk about the epic love story of Ruby and Dorothy that takes place over the course of one night. This season is obsessed with epic love stories happening in the course of 24 hours. I don't have a problem with Ruby and Dorothy falling in love. I do have a problem with them falling in love over one night and one hangout in a field of fake poppies. I would like to point out that I did appreciate that there was one of my favorite real life woman to woman tropes is a woman meets another woman and immediately thinks she hates her. Like, I know that there's a lot of projection of being like, oh, you scared my dog and I'm mad at you. But like, she's like, no, she couldn't possibly love me. She should have seen the way she looked at me. She No, she hates me. And it's like, I didn't hate you. I thought you were the coolest girl ever. Like, I feel like that's such a like... Everyone's yeah. got a best friend that they they both mutually hated each other the moment they they thought that the other one hated each other, I guess. Be like, I thought you hated me. I thought you hated me. Let's be best friends. <laughs> um <laughs> So I guess that was there. But yeah, I don't I don't get the whole like let's fall in love in a night. We don't know last names. Like we don't we don't know anything. You don't know like do you have felony record? Like these are questions maybe we should be asking. Yeah. Like, just just a couple. They tried to have you committed. Did they succeed? Oh, they got the trauma dumping from both of them. 10 oh, out I of know. 10. So, okay. So, so Ruby and Mulan just <laughs> into Oz. How? I don't know. Did they come I'd, in on a cyclone? I don't remember how they got here. And I, ju- I just, I did not look it up. No, they didn't. They didn't explain it. They were just there. Okay, I guess even like the breakdown is just like, oh, they showed up. I guess. And they also, by the way, showed up some time ago. Yeah. And also, like, the other past event happened arguably two days ago. Like, yeah. it all was- happened real quick and they didn't explain a lot of this. I felt like this was a one time where they didn't need to say some time ago because they literally can trace it to when Zelina was brought back to Oz. Yeah. So it's like- not some time ago. It's meanwhile in yeah. Oz. Yeah. So they show up, they're walking around, and they really want to emphasize, they just want to remind us that Ruby is a wolf. And so she is just, first of all, again, 
I don't know how she has as much hair as she does and her neck doesn't simply break. The the woman has hair for days. It's it's like intricately braided but still down and flowing. I and you can't get a good look at it cuz they're constantly in the dark. So I'm just like I have so many questions about her hair and then her big cloak. Um and she's just constantly sniffing the air very candle commercially. <laughs> that way. Oh, I've lost the scent. And they're just running. I love this because it's just like they're in kind of an open clearing of some woods. And then Mulan's like, oh, quick, we need to find shelter. And then just starts taking off. But then they hear something. This felt very uh, like the the second Lord of the Rings where they're just running after the orcs forever and just don't stop. Yeah. But it also felt like a high school theater. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it was, what's that? We point to the, the dozens of boards slightly stage left. Dorothy is there and also Toto. And Toto comes, like, charging Ruby, barking. And he's Toto is barking because Ruby is a werewolf. And then he, like, runs away and Dorothy is super mad about it. Which, again, I get this whole scene felt very awkward. No one said full sentences. Mm-hmm. I was very... Because she was like, no, it's... Listen, I know why he's barking. Oh, it's just... She's like, no, he only barks because of evil. And then, you know, like the internalized hatred of herself and Ruby. It's just like, it's me. I'm so evil. And then Toto takes off. And she's like, mad. And Ruby goes, well, I don't know why you're mad. He's running north northeast, that away from the scent, uh, and she's like, "Okay." And now they're a begrudging team. Yes, to get the dog. To get the to get the dog. So we go get the dog. We find the dog, and they start kind of like they're like, "Oh, well, we'll go together." Because again, Ruby is in Oz, I guess, to find a pack, but this falls apart very quickly. And again, I don't, again, not knowing the timeline of all this, like, I'm wondering if this all happened in the events of, like, a week. She leaves the diner. (laughs) She finds Mulan. They go on their thing. And then she's like, I'm looking for my pack. Meets one pretty girl and goes, don't know if I need a whole pack. Might just need this one. Nice. Like, she's just (laughs) happy to, she, and again, a werewolf is a, werewolf is always a stand-in for a found family trope. Mm-hmm. which is fair. Um, so it makes sense. So they're going to set up camp and they're going to go attack Zelina. And we was like, well, cause oh. Zelina took the dog, right? Zelina took the dog. She wants the slippers to get her daughter. Th- this whole, this confrontation was funny to me only because Zelina didn't have the green, wasn't green. And Dorothy didn't react at all. No. Yeah. Just, Whatever, you just, think, just like, roll with it. Just a moment of, whoa, nice, yeah. <laughs> or something like, got got clear skin. Got to. Are give you, you that. better? Did you start using CeraVe? Like, what's going on? <laughs> so Mulan's like, oh, I know the perfect thing to make. I'll make it. Oh, I only need one more ingredient. Good news, it's opium. She needs, she needs poppies. And they're like, oh, don't worry. We'll go. And, or no, I'm sorry. Dorothy says she's going to go. And we're like, 
I will also go. And Mulan's like, fine, I'll just stay here by myself and go to hell, I guess. I don't know. Like, <laughs> no one says just Mulan this whole episode. Mulan's just sitting there stirring, being like, not again. Oh, my God. If I just stand near two people, will they fall in love with each other? This is BS. So they go, and Ruby, Ruby and Dorothy trauma dump on each other. And have this, like, realization that, oh, you're a person and you're a person with very tragic backstories. And we get Dorothy's kind of backstory about how she, she'd already been here. The event of Wizard of Oz happened. Uh, but she didn't have Toto. Toto was not part of the story. So she goes back and then apparently her whole family tried to have her committed. Delightful. But Annie M was like, no, no, she's not crazy. I... I'm just going to give her a dog. Like, she's not crazy. She's just lonely. Here's a little rat dog. Because <laughs> I don't even think Toto's the right dog. Because I'm pretty sure Toto in the original was like a Yorkshire or something. But Toto in this does definitely look like a dog an ant would give you. Yeah. Like, this is a dog I found. Just this crusty dog <laughs> that barks at everything and gets lost constantly. Oh, thank you. Uh, And Ruby's like, oh, yeah, I was trying to find my pack. I'm kind of like alone. I ate. I ate my boyfriend, but they were, they hunted me with pitchforks. It's fine. Like I'm fine. They get the poppies. The poppies are in Zelina's territory. So in come the monkeys. And then we get 60 seconds of the world's greatest CGI because there's the monkeys. And then Ruby goes full wolf. And none of this is explained. She's like, I have a plan. Do you trust me? Yes, I trust you. She turns into a wolf. Doesn't explain the cloak. Takes the cloak off. Turns into a wolf. Dorothy's like, oh, I guess I'll gather the cloak up. And then rides her. None of this is explained. I don't think if someone turned into a full wolf in front of me, I would have thought I should ride. Because you don't ride wolves. It is not a... Yeah, I just think that she was abandoning me. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, she's going to attack all of the monkeys. And then she has to like, come back into her human form being like, bitch get on my back like what are you doing <laughs> also don't put the cloak on me like i i thought about it and i was watching the terrible cgi of dorothy on ruby's back running back to mulan and i thought wouldn't it be funny if like she got on ruby's back and then like spread out the cloak for her to sit on because she didn't have a saddle or anything so she's like, i'll just put this down just immediately and then just ruby turns- goes back to a person ah! like ah <laughs> just get smashed oh my god um, so we get back, we got the poppies, and we've we've made the potion. Hooray, we've made the potion. And Dorothy's like, I will go alone. And it's like, well, no, looking. no, Dorothy. Oh, yeah, Dorothy says she's going to go alone. And then Ruby says, no, we're going with you. And then she's like, fine, I'm going to bed. Yeah, fine, see ya. And then leaves. Like, Well, yeah, mo- she, she disappears, Like she, but she well, pretends yeah. to go to bed, but she yeah. takes off. She's like, I'm going to, it's the most obvious thing in the entire world. I think even Mulan kind of clocks it. She's just like, oh, she's going to leave. <laughs> she's she's going to go. Which is what she does. She yeah, goes. But, but, but we'll get Mulan to that. Mulan and Ruby have a talk where Mulan is sidelined yet again. But this time she's totes cool with it. She's not into Ruby that way, I guess. Which is now. fine. I don't need her to be into Ruby. I just... Why do we keep bringing Mulan along and not doing anything with her? Mulan has had... Mulan's... All of Mulan's character growth has been let other people fall in love around you. Mm-hmm. 
Like, she's not had, like, she's been a catalyst for so many other people's stories. Girl, go out and do your thing. I'm so proud of you. Get different outfit. It can't be comfortable being the the springboard for everyone's journey in your big clunky armor. It also, you know, optics-wise, it is a bad look for the show to have a a character a woman of color who is who is presented as queer to be continually sidelined so white characters fall in love with each other. Yeah. Like that's something that we just kind of have to acknowledge is there. I don't believe it was intentional, but optics aren't always intentional, but that doesn't make their, them okay. No. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So that that's she disappears and Ruby Ruby's Ruby's working a lot of stuff out through her through her um, I guess vocabulary. She's she's talking out loud. There's a lot of out loud talking that she does. Mm-hmm. And she does this later when they're in the underworld too, where she's just I don't know if Ruby has inside thoughts. Like she has to 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 speak outwardly to process things. And so they decide they're gonna go they're gonna go track her down. I don't know where Mulan ended up. Where did Mulan land? Mulan just stayed. She just stayed to stand vigil. That's right. I was like, did she get carried somewhere else? No, she stayed and I guess drug Dorothy's lifeless bot. I, anyway, <laughs> I have no idea. So this this all culminates to Ruby, I'm sorry, um, Dorothy goes to confront Zelina because they've, She's got the biggest cage for Toto. I'm obsessed with the giant open cage. Like it's open on the top. Free range puppy. It's just like, yeah, it's like a baby. Like it's like a baby, like a, like a crib for a baby. But like, just, just put a dog in it. So I guess she, maybe she was already prepared. She was ready to go. She's like, I've got all this baby stuff. I got it at Target. I'll just put the dog in it. It'll keep him safe. And this whole, like, we're told this part of the story by Zelina later to Hades and it's just kind of like a hand wavy sort of story. Dorothy came and I thought it was funny. So I put her I put her to sleep. Ta-da. It's funny because no one loves her. And I'm hilarious. I thought a sleeping curse was slightly harder to do than that. So they don't ever make the sleeping curse easier to break there's literally the only one way to do it but yeah they keep making sleeping curses pretty common yeah sleeping Uh, sleeping curses and portals they're just everywhere just riddle with them like you just walk out your front door there's if you turn left sleeping potions if you go the other way portals you really can't you're doomed no matter what you do doomed with love you're doomed with love or to be transported to another land which guys if you want to do that it's much less dangerous just read some books you can do both yeah yay so we're gonna go ahead and put a pin in that because yes uh she gets put under a sleeping curse and then we cut into back to the underworld where ruby is unconscious because emma nearly murdered her and um, it turns out she came in with the ruby slippers. Uh, no, no, she didn't come in with the ruby slippers. How did she get? How did Ruby get there? I don't remember. 
I, 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 she was, she was, she was tracking. Oh, she used a tracking spell. A tracking spell doesn't, wouldn't take you to the underworld. This is so stupid. I'm sorry. I don't know. Oh, she was trying to track Zelina. Yeah. But how did, how, how did a tracking spell get her cross portals into the underworld? I thought the only way to get into the underworld was with Rumpel's blood. Rumble's blood, probably a mermaid. There's got to be a way a mermaid can get to the underworld. Like, she can, like, swim under it or something. I don't, like... There's a lot of rivers. I assume that she... They can get through those. Just hold... They got to hold their breath so they don't... They don't breathe in any of those lost souls floating around. Like Just, Auntie M. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Auntie M. She went full Alex Mack. Oh, that poor woman. <laughs> so, yeah, Ruby wakes up and she needs to find Zelina because she... Dorothy is missing and she needs to make it right. Dorothy is her friend. And as I said... Megan is, I remember the first time I watched the show, I, and this was probably honestly, 100% honestly jealousy that she's an incredibly gorgeous and talented person. I sold her short when I watched the show the first time. I'm actually watching it now. I'm really impressed with her earnestness and her confidence in the character, but while also having vulnerability. Oh, yeah. Like, if it Agreed. weren't for her, I this episode, I mean, she made this more than it was. Oh, yeah. And they, I, and I, I will agree with you, uh, probably stemming from a little bit of a green-eyed monster situation. But I also, I also think that they, her cloak got, like, such a weird glow up from the last <laughs> time we've seen her. Like, it was fully, like, almost starched. And it seemed like it was taking over. Like, that was kind of my biggest gripe about the whole thing is that, Whenever Ruby was there, she had all the hair and all this cloak and everything. When she, she is already a stunning woman. She literally stands out against everybody in a cast of absolutely stunning people, and they really do it up because Ruby is supposed to be very stunning amongst these. And I, I feel like they overcorrected. She looked like a fifteen out of ten. Uh, for like no reason. It was just like, even when she looked all haggard, she was just like, oh. So I think they, they I don't know. Again, it just seemed like a lot because the cloak, we even has like all kinds of decorations and stuff on it now that I don't remember it having. I don't know. She went, she went, she made a guest spot in RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, <laughs> you know, they had a, they had a sewing challenge to embellish a cloak. Uh, they also had a, a wig challenge, but they didn't quite do it right because they needed Ruby to look very uh, stressed in this episode. And so the way they made her look stressed was by rat nesting her hair. I mean, didn't change much. She still looked absolutely phenomenal. But her, I, I mean, you mentioned it like in the underworld, her hair was a mess. Oh, yeah. Her hair was a mess. Listen, you can't give me a character and be like, look how shiny and luxurious and wonderful her hair is when her whole character is running through the woods all the time. And then be like, look, her hair turned into a rat's nest. No. No. She has too much whatever I have, whatever the enchanted forest version of Olaplex in her hair is to get a single tangle. I don't think her hair would tangle if it tried. (laughs) Like at yeah, all. but luckily for her, when she finally goes back to Oz, uh, the ruby slippers also give her perfect hair again. So God bless those slippers. Yeah, God, God bless, bless those slippers. The slippers can work miracles. 
So they head over. There's a lot of stuff that happens, and I don't, honestly, it kind of all blurred together. I'm just going to run through all the non-Zelina, Ruby, Dorothy yeah, stuff. That's fair. Just kind of get it out of the way. Fair. Uh, so we've got uh, David and Snow uh, want to send, they want to haunt their child again. They're and, apparently doing it regularly. Yeah, they're doing it on the reg. It's, it's been a couple weeks. They've been down in the underworld for a long time, guys. Um, and they head... Uh, they head over to uh, make a phone call. Um, he David has Hook and Henry with him. Yeah, they split oh, up no. at this point. Yeah, they split up at this point because Snow, they were going to go talk to Root. They were going to go find Annie M. Yes. So, like, they had split up. Um, and, yeah, he was going to go haunt their son. <laughs> Lovingly. Lovingly. But, oh, no, there's an <laughs> Apple iPhone news store line around the block for some reason yeah but it's the line is stuck because cruella is having the phone ripped out by claude who according to the wikipedia was uh, a cook was who was a guard for regina that hook killed in the queen of hearts episode great so good for him he's getting work i i love this a weird deep cut yeah um, going not- and going from regina to cruella it, it checks out these are not the surprise underworld appearances we were hoping for. No. <laughs> like, like I was waiting for it to be like, okay, rip it out. Go ahead, Graham. And this Graham just turns around. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Cruella's having the phones ripped out on order from Haiti. So, oh no, they can't make their phone calls. Uh, Cruella was willing to uh, look the other way in exchange for being turned back to life. And Henry's like, nah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I only I only write for my Tumblr now, and you're not the demo. I am obsessed with Cruella acting like an exasperated contractor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not the one deciding to tear this building down. I have a work order. I just go where the work is. I got my guy with me. I'm going to make him do it. I get more money than he does, but we don't talk about it. Get the phone out. Rip the phone out. It's literally him pulling a giant red phone out, because like, it's not like a payphone attached to anything. It's literally him just unclipping and just like walking away let's mug the man let's attack the man and get the phone back feels like it's easy to reinstall yeah but but hades is gonna come and turn him in all into water oh yeah uh, listen the fact that we get the nem scene and then like immediately after that zelino freely takes a drink from that man blows my mind oh yeah that was uh, well i mean she wasn't there to see the anti-m situation i know but still Still, she, she didn't ask enough questions. I don't like that Hades makes her kind of dumb. Hades does make her stupid, but he he gives her nice clothes. She's well quaffed in the underworld, has a bunch of outfits. She's well quaffed and all of her revenge is taken out for her uh, mm-hmm. by, by in, incel Hades man. <laughs> then we also have Belle and Rumple. They exist. Oh my God. And they just... <laughs> And they just have the same scene four times. Yeah. It's just Belle being like, we have to save our child. Also, she makes a weird note of like, well, if Hades had ripped up the contract, I might have been okay with damning uh, <laughs> damning Gaston for all eternity. But he didn't, so I'm not. Yeah, but also, like, at no point, like, even Rumpel doesn't point out to her. Like, she's like, oh my gosh, I, I've doomed him. And I'm like, yeah, you were 
reacting. You didn't do it. Like, it wasn't like a conscious decision where you're like, I will damn this man to all, to hell. You, you didn't do it. She's like, now my heart is black. No, it's not. You have killed, like, way less people than Charming, than Snow, than so many people. And you're fine. Girl, you're fine. It's a tough world out there. Yeah, but of course, because Belle's character is all about motherhood now, you know, the only reason she did it was to protect the baby. And now they have to protect the baby. And all. And, and Belle's like, no, I'm going to go do it alone. I'm going to do it on my own. I don't need you. I don't need no man, especially a man who's going to gaslight me and talk down to me all the time. <laughs> Belle is just like marching down the street, like silently crying to herself. I can buy myself flowers. <laughs> I can hold my own hand. <laughs> like. So she heads over to visit Zelina, and uh, Zelina drowns herself in booze. So much alcohol. Yeah, so much alcohol. Like, but she, but she's not breastfeeding, so which and you know what? Even if she was, pump yeah. and dump. Let's pump and dump. Like, but it's still, that's so much. That's blackout level. Like, oh, it's yeah. a sip and drink, and she was gulping. Yes. Um, but maybe Underworld liquor hits different? I feel like it would hit worse. Like, I feel mm. like the Underworld, based on the way Hades is designing it, it's like, you're not drinking Lagavulin. You're drinking, you know... Malort. <laughs> you're drinking Malort. Uh, I was trying to think of something that was, like, because Malort's not... Malort's not clear. Or Malort's clear. Malort's not brown. Like, I was trying to think of just, just like, berries, whiskey, barrel, bonanza. It's like $8. You get it at the gas station, and it makes you hungover the moment you drink it. <laughs> Blueberry moonshine. Yeah. It, uh, this, is, this is made by my, 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 my sister. It's not great. <laughs> but it'll get the job done. Don't drink too much. You will go blind. <laughs> So Belle asks Zelina for help as a mother, our favorite phrase, as a mother, as help, a mother. And, um, and Zelina's originally like, mm, I don't know. I don't know if I want to help you. I kind of hate you, but you know, we both have this whole baby thing in common. I want to point out that like at this point, they're like not even trying to hide that Belle is showing <laughs> No, no. But it's not part of the story because a whole part of the episode is Belle being afraid that Hades is going to accelerate her pregnancy. <laughs> like, I, like it happened to Zelina. I'm obsessed with the fact that, like, Belle realizes this. She's like, no, the Dark One sped up my pregnancy, so I didn't even get to have morning sickness. Okay, you were pregnant long enough to have... Like, you were pregnant in that cell. You were being fed a certain diet. You would have had morning sickness, so, like... Oh, yeah, morning sickness is like in the first trimester. Mornings, and for some people, whole thing. It's just morning, noon, and night sickness. Um, so she, she, she would have definitely, if she would have had it. Some people don't have it. The the lucky bastards. Some of them don't have it. But that was when she was like, "No, Dark Swan sped up my pregnancy," and Belle goes, "Oh my god, that's what's gonna happen to me." And all of her decisions from then on out are based on the fear that Hades might do something that one other person did earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... And then she make Every decision she makes from there is more insane than the last. Yeah, She just it, goes full tilt weird. <laughs> yeah, because her, her final resolution is 
well, he can't speed up my pregnancy if I'm frozen in time. That will have no negative impact on my unborn child to put myself under a sleeping curse and be in a red room of fire. Is the fetus in a red room of fire? I was just about to ask the exact same question. If we are also suspending the fetus in a sleeping curse, it would stand to reason that this child would also come into the world with hellish nightmares. Oh my goodness. And she, but she doesn't consider that. She knows about the red room, right? I'm presumably, I think she was part of the snow white. She was around. She was around and they all talk to each other. I assume that there's some sort of like newsletter that like, that like the newspaper probably didn't continue doing very well. And then, so they put out like a zine, an alt weekly. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a, it just it comes out and it's just like all of these like random scribbles of gossip that like one of the ladies on the corner heard and that's just where Snow tells Belle everything. And so this woman's just writing. She's like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeping curses cause red room scary dreams, question mark, more likely than you think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Belle takes the sleeping curse that Zelina had used on Dorothy, because there's apparently a surplus and Zelina just had it on her. It's it's like a needle. Thing. From like, like a it, record player, yeah, like a phonograph. Yeah, and it's just like it's constantly cursed. Like she, Zelina could like wield that like a melee weapon. She sleeping curse, sleeping curse, bam, 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 bam. Yeah, she could just curse everybody, and and all her problems would be over. That would be a hilarious battle weapon. I have a spe- I have a spear. It is eight foot long, so no one can get any close to me, and I will just stab people, and they will just constantly be going into sleeping curses. And you better have next to kin to find their true loves, <laughs> or or else. And and Bell's like, and Rumple's like, oh, you're just doing this to mm. to make me a good person so I can kiss you and wake you up, Rumple, you dingus. I, that was like the gross, not the grossest thing he's ever said, but it was so strange. He's like, oh, oh yeah, you gonna do that? You gonna you gonna put yourself under sleeping curse and you're gonna force me to be a better man? It's not gonna work. I refuse. I will not become a better man. And they're just having like a weird game of chicken that Rumple loses. Yeah. Cause Be- she is fully about it. Yeah, she's fully about it. And she tells him that, no, my dad's gonna wake me up. I don't love you anymore. Like, this ain't gonna work. And I bet nothing I f- bad's gonna happen to the dad. It's fine. <laughs> I, I feel like, um,. I feel like at the time, I remember this being like a girl power moment. Like, yeah, she's she's not leaning on Rumple anymore, blah, blah, blah. But like, just watching it now, it's it's so badly written. And it was only written because she, she was about to go on maternity leave. Like, we okay. had two moms. Because like, Snow's pregnant. Mary Margaret's pregnant, okay, too. Okay, so two, so two things. Maybe just the one thing. Literally a couple episodes ago, we... We watched Belle's father attempt to sell her, successfully sell her, and then blame her (laughs) for a continuation of a war that was already happening. In what reality is that a, is there a true love kiss situation in there? He doesn't actually love her. Didn't he like put her on a rail car, a mining car, and like 
try to like and tie her up and put her in a mining car so that she would be kicked out of Storybrooke and lose her memory. I just, he, the man is an, is an, a walking nightmare. Belle, that man does not love you in a normal way, which is fair. No one that loves Belle loves her in a normal way. So like, I, it doesn't work. It, this man doesn't love, this man does not love you like Henry loved his mom. Or his mom loved it. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have that kind of dynamic. It's just, she's just like, he's my dad. Of course he loves me. Oh, honey. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> of course he loves me. He's my papa. Oh. <laughs> bad news. Bad news, honey. Big bad news. But now, yeah, so she's just unconscious now and being, dr- and, and Rubble's like, oh, no. Yeah, and that's that's how the episode ends. Obviously, we're, we're not ending there because we're we're backtracking a little bit, but <laughs> the end. Oh, uh, good boy. Oh boy. Okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, talk about Ruby and and Dorothy and Selena and all this fun stuff, uh, because they learn that Dorothy is under a sleeping curse, and as you had as you had correctly mentioned, Dorothy has no one who loves her, so no one can wake her up. Dun dun dun. And they're like, but wait, Auntie M. Ruby's like, in my one conversation with her in which I decided that she is the love of my life, I learned she has an aunt who's not a total dick to her. It must be her. And let's find out if she's here. She is. She works at a diner. She's sassy. No nonsense. I love her. Gone too soon. I'm... I'm obsessed with the thing where they're just like, we're going to have two women fall in love. They should have the same life. (laughs) They should be outcasts and no one wants to be around them except for a nice older woman that takes care of them. And And runs a diner. (laughs) And runs a diner. And also there's a dog element. She has a dog. She is a dog. My God, it's written in the stars. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and what they're going to do is... Uh, blow a kiss into a bottle? <laughs> I was upset. She put that thing to her lips and I was like, how is that going to work? I want to see it. I want to see this woman, this this wonderful actress. Go, it's in the bottle. Like, First of all, it was a really weird shaped bottle. For a like, kiss, it looked, yeah. It looked like a vial. Like, get like a... I'm surprised they didn't have like a flat. Of course, like my brain, sorry. Uh, I'm in science classes. Like a Petri dish. You know, that kind of shape. Where it's like shallow but open, just like kiss that, and then you can stick it to her face. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, shake the bottle and get the kiss out of the bottom, like a bottle of ketchup to smack the bottom. Oh, it's stuck. Hold on. Eh. Yeah, it's a weird. I don't know where they found this container or what it was or why it existed. When we never find out. We never find out because um, she uh, she turns into water. And melts into the ground. She's melting. And she turns into a, a white liquid I did not care to look at. I didn't like it. Why was it like that? I don't Why know. Why was it white and milky murky? I don't know. I hated it. It was nasty. It was gross. And it needed to li- And it lingered for so long. He put it in a mason jar. He put it in a mason jar and slowly poured it into the river. I hated this so much. I would like to point out that I feel like ADM, knowing what part of Kansas she's from and the way that she operates, knowing worth her diner and the way she was talking, she would appreciate her remains being put into a mason jar. 
Oh, yes. So, like, yeah, but not so much how it happened. Because, also, I wish we would have seen, like, random, like, guests of the diner, like, who had also had the soup turning into water because Hades didn't know when she was getting there. Yeah, and, excuse me, Hades has the ability to turn anyone into liquid if they have a single sip? Uh, why isn't he using that on everybody he doesn't like? Like, if he's trapped Emma here, if he's trapped Mary Margaret here, they go have coffee at the other grannies every day. Problem solved. They're gone. To be fair, this is a really good way to at least, like, trick them into becoming so dehydrated they die. Because (laughs) if I would have watched what had just happened, I, I wouldn't drink a single other thing I found. Like, they didn't bring any supplies. That's my other favorite part. And obviously, I don't need it to be this immersive, but I do love that they decided to go on an expedition to the underworld and no one brought snacks. No one brought a camel back full of water. Like, you don't know what's down there. You guys are bad at hiking. We need a tent. (laughs) Do you imagine going hiking with the Charmings? We're just going to go. Like, it's like a 10-mile hike up and then back down, but then we got to get all the way back to the beetle okay well did you bring snacks or water for anybody no i'm sure there will be some sort of quaint village that we will run into what (laughs) did you look no nature will provide nature Nature can kill you nature will provide Anyway, so yes, yeah, so she has uh, she has disintegrated into a liquid form. He has mason jarred her up, and he's just like, "Hey guys, anybody who helps these people, this gonna happen to you. I've just decided this now. You're welcome. Bye bye." And they're like, "Oh no! Oh crap! Like now they're." It's kind of that's where it kind of like ends there, and Ruby's all freaked out. And and Snow has a heart to heart with her, and it's just like Ruby. I had mixed feelings about this because Snow, she's coming from a good place, and she has a lot of compassion and and empathy and 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 love in the scene. But she's also kind of outing Dorothy, like forcing her to come out of the closet in a way that she might not be ready for. Cause Ru- this is her like first known relationship with a woman, as, at least as far as we know. Right. And unless she's had relationships with women in the past that snow knows about, but it's not apparent to us. And so like, what do you think about that? I mean, I agree. I like everything. I, I just don't like snow's, situation you were being a lot more amicable or a lot more um magnanimous about this speech than i was because while yes it's also being like you know oh you like gay straight anything don't do this to people they'll be like oh you like them like let people get there on their own that's where i'm at at that and also like snow's version of love the way she explains it in this is very toxic yes i don't like it um but you're right. Like, we as viewers don't know Ruby's history. And, like, even if that had been just, like, a little bit of a line, I don't know how what the line would have been. But you're right. It's her, like, being like, oh, do you like her? Do you have romantic feelings for her? Are you perhaps maybe, mm? And just, like, 
Ruby does Ruby has not processed any of this. This has all been like a strange 24 hours for her. And it's just I don't know. Again, we'll just go back to the part where men writing women. We didn't quite get there. We didn't yeah. quite have the natural experience that we should have. We'll put it that way. I'll put it that way. That's a good way I to agree. put it. I agree with you though. This is cuz we're the viewers. Like that's how the writing should be. The, the the conversation should be with us involved. Yes. And if you are doing that, then yeah, you're you're doing a disservice to her and to the community by being like, this is how you should treat people. And if you assume that they are, you know, gay, then you should just say it. No, let people come to you. Let yeah. them get there and process it on their own. Because if you don't and you force it, it's it's never good. It's what we like to call bad allyship. <laughs> yeah to to put it very loosely yes just, i think we could just succinctly just call it bad that's uh, true <laughs> well uh, yeah before Sorry. we wrap up that whole love story we also have the love story of Zelina and hades although oh. i think she's got something up her sleeve i think I think her conversation with Belle, like, kind of lit a fire under her. Yeah. I think she's playing Hades right now. God, I hope so. Because she goes back to him. Because, yeah, you're in the whole episode, she's so, like, her, her confidence is gone. Her confidence is shaken. And we're left with a character that's not very interesting or engaging. And as I mentioned in a previous episode... You know, the actress who's playing Zelina is great when she's playing Zelina. She's not great when she's playing sad Zelina. That's, her range, Rebecca, like, she's great in the part she was hired to do. This is not the part she was hired to do. Yeah, they, and this is the same thing that they're doing with Belle, where you add too many layers at once. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, is she good at Zelina? Yes. Is she good at sad Kind of. Is she good at being a sad, freaked out mom, Zelina? Like, that's a big ask to just shove on somebody. And it's the same thing they did with Belle. And the actress did the same thing. Where mm -hmm. it's just like, okay, well, you're Belle. Okay, well, now you show up to set. You are now Belle, a frantic mother trying to save her child with no real allies. Because you don't have a support system. Even in the above world, in Middle Earth above her... She does not have a support network. She is going to have the worst. Both her and Zelina, I guess, we'll put it that way. Don't have support networks at all and just kind of doing it on their own. You've introduced an entirely new character dynamic and just been like, go. <laughs> Be free. Well, at least in Belle's case, uh, she's frozen. So we don't have to worry about it for a while. It's true. That's a that's a future us problem. Yeah, that's a Current future us problem. Current us is just gonna worry with. Selena makes my favorite face in this episode when she's talking to Hades. She's like, "I didn't tell you to do any of that," and he goes, "Yeah, but I did it anyway." She's like, "For me, <laughs> you murdered an old woman in a diner for me, but also like she made the best grilled PB and J's. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> now where am I gonna go?" My onion rings. Can I point out, by the way, that when the blind witch said, oh, I know Annie M, she's my competition. I was like, are we about to find out that they made Annie M a witch? <laughs> I was so excited. That would have been awesome. Suddenly she's the good witch and like she's like 
saving people. Oh, that would have been great. That would have been an awesome. That would have been a lot better than Lady and Diner who immediately dies. But then we wouldn't get the, the beautiful romantic ending that we are all ready for. Because now we're at the cemetery. Ruby's got the slippers that just can take them anywhere. Like we've got the get out of jail free card. We got the Ruby slippers that can go literally anywhere. And apparently if you just hold someone's hand, you take them with you. Yeah, sure. Did, did not know that was a thing, but yeah, why not? Um, and Mary and Mary Margaret asks David to go with Ruby to because she cannot because she cannot. And someone needs to be with their son because now they can't haunt him over the phone. And David's like, no, twist, you're going to go. <laughs> because Hook can spell my name technically. And he wrote it so bad. <laughs> I am obsessed with the way that he wrote David Nolan on there. It's uh, so big. I, I would have, first of all, it would have been even funnier had, like, because if we remember correctly, Hades was like, you will write their names on there. And Hook is like, no, I won't. And he's like, oh, I'll do it myself. So he does it real nice. I would have loved a scenario in which he had tricked Hook into doing it. And they're like, look, the names are on the, the names are on the headstones. And they're like, who's, I can't, Hook, what does this say? Like, if he just wrote it crappily enough, he wins. He just like, no, you can't hold me here because it doesn't say anything. The ultimate Sphinx riddle, like. He, that, that's a tricking the gods situation right there. I that would have been amazing. I'm a pirate. I never learned to write. I'm a captain. <laughs> I have someone who writes for me. But also it did have like a, the way that he writes with his hook did have like a, this is the way he wrote David Nolan had it like, this is the name of a rock band that's about to come out and open. It's like, get ready for David Nolan. Ah! Uh, cause yeah, that's their, they did have a nice moment in this episode. They were sitting at the table and they were like sipping tea. He was like, so what's the deal? He's like, I don't know. I think you're kind of growing on me. He's like, oh, you love me. And he's like, no, I just don't hate you as much. Wait, who were you nice. talking about? David and Hook. Sorry. They had a nice. Oh, yes, you're right. And, and they're probably going to get some more bonding time because now Snow's leaving, uh, because, uh, uh, you can also tell that Jennifer Goodwin is heavily pregnant and uh, is also heading out. So we get a twofer in this episode. And yeah, yeah so she's going to head out with Ruby and they go click their heels three times. And they are now in Oz and Abby take us on a journey. A vigil is being held. Emerald City can be seen in the background. Munchkin standing around Dorothy's body just in just having a wake basically mm-hmm. they're all sad everyone oh sad no one knows where to look and Mulan just standing there scowling just like <laughs> <laughs> I've been here for five days I need to like wh- when do I get to go like I don't understand so Ruby and Snow arrive and was like I have been standing here this whole time go get your girl so she goes up there and they kiss i loved how harlequin romance this whole situation was both of them are wearing so many skirts it's all very gone with the wind because there's just hair and skirts 
and just fabric billowing. And corsets nipping the waists to like single digits. Yeah, and you know what? I feel like we didn't get we didn't get any heaving bazooms. Like there was no come on, like if you're gonna go there, go there anyway. She kisses her, the 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 rainbow pulse happens. If you rewatch that scene, they did not cue the munchkins correctly. Oh, I, the, I, I 100% saw that. The munchkins started getting super pumped before anything happened. But then, and also, but some of them didn't react at all at any it's point. so funny. I just saw there's like one girl wearing a bonnet and she's taller than like most of them. And she's like, yay. I think she's just pumped that a kiss is happening. Like, I just like, get it, girl. Yeah. I mean, Dorothy, as they say multiple times, she has the love of the people. That's true. I do love the idea, though. She's like, oh, do we all get to kiss her? Is we making a line? Is this some sort of tradition? What do we? Oh, she's awake now. Oh, I got it. Yay. We're all going to clap. So she wakes up. And yeah, they do like this wide shot of them. And Dorothy's legs are like tucked. And there's skirts billowing around her. And she's she's just leaning up. She at no point sits all the way up no. which listen i get it but at the same time for dorothy's characterization she has more of like like a of an alert kind of thing like she she would have immediately sat up she yeah. would have sat up she would have been part of the i don't know i just she don't like grab whole... sat up grabbed her crossbow yeah she like well, where's my like what's going on where's my dog what's happening like she does kind of be like, what do you left And they have this like weird conversation that you would not have had when you just woke up from a coma. And then they kiss some more. And just like, again, just jaw lines and pulsing arteries on necks. It was, it was a good kiss. Solid kisses. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I thought they were going to cheat it. They did really well. And they just kind of do like a wide fade to black. And they're like, it's over. Also, Snow eventually gets back to Storybrooke, but we can't show you that because we've ruined it and put Sapia filter on. So, like, just assume she's there. Because we find out from Henry. Because <laughs> he immediately went up to his room and he's like, I gotta see this. <laughs> could you could you just imagine? You're just sitting there at the table and you're just like, ah, I'm having a good time. And your son walks down the stairs. Hey, I wrote some pages. It's just two girls kissing. I actually have some of the passages here. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Yeah. But just to take you on a journey of Amazing. what Henry was writing. Let's go. Um, something so tangible and intoxicating to her was merely in her head. It was a thought that was too crushing to bear. Not to mention, it also meant Dorothy would be doomed to lie on that dive forever. Ruby could hardly take the pressure, blah, 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 blah. And then she leaned down and kissed Dorothy. For her, it was the kiss of a lifetime. She felt a jolt of electricity pass from her lips to Dorothy's, so on and so forth. So that's what, that's what the teenage boy wrote. So, hold on, let me get this straight. Hold on, let me get this straight. This is a man who wrote a boy writing women. Yup. Men writing men writing women. Well, that's a meta I wasn't prepared for. <laughs> but he's that the is... author. He just writes what he sees. Uh, and that makes it even worse. Uh, he writes what he sees. He's writing Dorothy's or Ruby's internal monologue. Mm-hmm. I, I, do appreci- I do appreciate that he was conscious for this. It had been 
way weirder had he just like woken up and these pages had been written and sitting next to him, which is what's happened the last couple of times. <laughs> well, no, he wanted to be aware for this one. <laughs> he, I feel like he had like a mutant like Professor X moment where he was just like, okay, mom and Ruby left. Ruby's going to go kiss a girl. I'm going to sit up here with my pen in my hand and I'm just going to wait for it to download into my brain. Come on. <laughs> Henry's been up in that room for 36 hours. He has not slept, showered, or eaten. He's just waiting for his moment. And he, so he goes down and he's like, here, here are the pages of two girls kissing and mom going to find Neil. Like, or grandma, sorry, it's grandma to him. But just be like, I have this really great romance story. Also, mom is no longer haunting her own, or grandma's no longer haunting her own child. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, just big difference in stories that we're telling here. Um, good job, Henry. Like, how would you cohesively make those whole story i guess i'm not the author so i wouldn't know i'm sure he did so flawlessly i mean there are there is a note in here where they mention how snow is nearby and and cheering ruby on to go mickey outy with dorothy's face so you know kiss kiss again (laughs) she she still looks kind of sleepy kiss her again Well, everybody, that was season five, episode 18, Ruby Slippers, which, as we had mentioned previously, uh, was the name of the ship as well, which I'm sure was not a coincidence. Um, This definitely felt like an episode where, you know, shipping culture by this time when the show was very prominent and a lot of people wanted an LGBTQ plus storyline in particular. And I felt like this was their way to try and achieve both. Um, I don't think it was all that successful. No, this was definitely a move they should have done pre selling out and going frozen. If you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. before they had the eyes of everybody, like this would have been, I think they would have been able to do it before Frozen if that... I, I don't know how to explain that, but it makes sense in my brain. Like, before they would have gone, like, the sellout corporate shill route, <laughs> they would have been able to get away with just a little bit more. But now I feel like they got the eyes on them, they got the Disney, they got the kids, and now they're just like, we have to be careful when it's just like, it's just it's two people being in love. I don't understand what the problem is. Yeah, the fact that not only was it not Mulan, but that this was Mulan's last episode. Like, I get it. I get it being, you know, Ruby and Dorothy's last episode. That makes sense. They've got their happy ending. They're happily ever after. This is also Mulan's final episode. She doesn't get closure at all. Garbage. And I, that, that, that makes me mad. Yes. We do. We, she's been with us from the beginning. And we don't get a nice little bookend for her. Mm-hmm. She's just out doing things. I don't even know if there's like a, I don't even know if there's like a throwaway line about her later. Because I know that yeah. sometimes they did like throwaway lines about people who had like left the show being like, oh no, this person X, Y, and Z. I don't think we even get that with Mulan. Yeah. Where did she end up? Did she stay in Oz? Did she go back to Storybrooke with, with Snow? Like... What the heck happened? Yeah. Could you imagine Mulan and Storybrooke? What is all of this? I hate everything. <laughs> because we keep Mulan around when the Land of Untold Stories lands on us. 
Yeah. Right? Come on. There's got to be there's got to be somebody in the land of untold stories that would match with Mulan. Yeah. But we don't get that. No. Mulan is gone forever. No. You know what? When Land of Untold Stories happens, I'm going to keep an eye out for who I'm going to ship Mulan with for (laughs) no reason other than just to give myself closure. Well, everyone, we want to thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Once Upon a Timing. Uh, We want to thank our patrons, especially our Swan Queen patrons. This week's Patreon shout out goes to Claudia Bradamonte. Thank you so much, Claudia. And please let me know uh, if there's a different pronunciation for your name. I will reach out to you. Um, If you want to support us on Patreon, you can head to patreon.com slash OUA timing. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. It is fixed. Yes. Beth, the IT genius. Yes, me. Uh, and lots of other places, wherever you listen to those podcasts, you can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. And I am Beth Elderkin. And this is Abby. I'm Abby. You freaked me out for a second. I'm like, what happened? Did I have a I I normally like be like, you can find us on Twitter. I'm, I'm at Beth Elderkin. So I just literally just said, I'm Beth Elderkin. Thought we were just like, oh, she's restarting the episode. Oh no. What happened? (laughs) (laughs) Backtracking. We've got to find something to replace the Twitter thing with. We do. Because there's I feel, there's a very noticeable missing in our plugs. We'll find something. We'll find. Yes, we will find it. If you have an idea, let us know on Patreon. If there's something you want us to plug or mention at the end of every episode, let us know. Uh, we're going to be back next time, Abby, with Season 5, Episode 19, Sisters. Ooh, we I think you end. know what this means. I'm excited. This is going to be a good episode. I remember this being a fun episode, and I'm excited for it. Well, I mean, anytime Cora comes back. Oh, yeah. We got Cora. Love. We're going to hash out some stuff. We're going to do so- anything except go to therapy. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. And, Abby, we will see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.